As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Basley and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlack. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Today, my good friend, Michele Barra, is out sick. So it's me, not really a solo pod, because we're going to do an Athletic Live Room. If you haven't heard of this before, it's on the Athletic app. It's something that I have done a few times and something that you can hop on the app. You don't even have to be an Athletic subscriber to... Uh, listen to these. You do have to be an athletic subscriber to ask questions, however. So if you ever see the link, you can still click it and still have the app without being subscribed. Uh, but I would encourage you to subscribe through the URL, theathletic.com slash down to dunk. Uh, before we get started, a couple things. Number one is the Thunder are going to be full squad tonight in Detroit. I had read the injury report from earlier on this current episode, and uh, it's not true. In fact, I might even just take it out of the episode because uh, Shea is available, Teo is available, and then Vit, Kretschy, and Aaron Wiggins are both with the blue, but everybody else is going to be available tonight in Detroit with Hamadou Diallo uh, out, Kelly Olenek out, and then Corey Joseph is listed as doubtful with a right knee problem. So, there's all that for you. Also, I want to encourage you guys to go to shopgoodokc.com slash Poku to get yourself a Poku fanny pack. They are actually super cool. I am looking at them right now here in my office. There's two designs. One of them 
It's kind of a light blue and kind of a salmon-y color. It's really cool, like legitimately cool. I will be I'll be wearing these, honestly, and using them. Uh, really high quality material, really cool. And also there's an event that's in downtown Oklahoma City at the Shop Good location in downtown where Poku himself will be present to sign your Poku pack. I will also be there hanging out. So be sure to come by, say hello, hang out with us for a little bit. It's going to be a really, really good time. Uh, but be sure to go to shopgoodokc.com slash Poku to buy those packs. Have yours ready to be signed by Poku himself. And it's going to be an excellent time. You can see pictures of them on ShopGood or you can check out my Twitter page. I put uh, I put out a photo on Friday, I believe. So go check that out. I uh, hope everybody's doing great. Here is the live room. It's on the Athletic app. And you're going to hear questions from listeners. And I really appreciate you guys tuning in. And we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Welcome to a special episode of Down to Dunk. Your host, Andrew Schlecht. So just running through just like the major numbers for the Thunder. They are currently last in net rating, minus 10.1. Now losing my 73 points is going to push that pretty significantly. And, you know, we're 22 games in, so it's not crazy early. You know, this is over a 1,000 minutes played. Uh, defensive rating, the Thunder are at 21st at a 109.2. The only teams that are worse than them in defense, Detroit, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Kings, the Magic, Grizzlies are at 27 now. They've bumped up a little bit. Pelicans, Hornets, and the uh, most dysfunctional team in the NBA right now, the Portland Trailblazers, are last in defense at a 113.3. Woo! That's ugly. Uh, and then offense, the Thunder are dead last. They're under 100. Ugh, you just don't want to be under 100. It's been a while since being under 100 is normal. It's not normal. 99.1. they got to improve that. Uh, okay. So we are going to have Chad S. come on to the stage and ask a question. What's up, Chad? Good morning, Andrew. Happy Monday. Thank you, thank you. How's it going? Oh, not too bad. I'm running on limited no, limited sleep, but lots of coffee. So <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> uh, totally not related to Thunder, but um, given that you're on the other side of things and I'm with Alex on this, what did you think of the Brit Venables hire? Uh, I think it's a good hire. Yeah, I think it's nice to have somebody that's you know familiar with this the state and the program and you know I I think it was I think it's one of the guys that people thought of initially whenever everything sure. kind of came down and so the fact that they were able to get it done I think is great and that it didn't take very long I think is great for OU fans and for um, the program overall so yeah I think it's great. I think everybody has a right to be as excited as they are. So, um, which actually leads me to another question. I don't know if it was really discussed uh, by you, but um, given that OU is moving to the SEC at some point, are you, where do you lean as far as Bedlam is concerned? Do you, do you want it to continue or do you kind of want to see it uh, uh, be done away with or, or kind of indifferent? 
I mean, honestly, I, one, it, it, kind of, it does stink that they won't be in the same conference anymore. But if they're not going to be in the same conference, like, don't do it. Like, there's no need to do it. I think if you're an OSU fan, like, beating OU is, is awesome, but it's only going to happen, like, once in a decade. Um, so, as an OSU fan, I would rather not and try to win the Big 12 or whatever they're going to call it, you know, every year. You know, and be. I think that they have. They will likely have the best, or one of the two or three best programs in the whole conference. So, and OU just ruins that. Has ruined that for Oklahoma State for a long time. So, uh, I think Gundy. That's how Gundy feels too, and mm-hmm. I kind of align with that as well. I gotcha. it, so, yeah, but it is a bummer that we won't have it anymore. Yeah, it's always fun, um, you know, given everyone has, you know, at least that's local in Oklahoma, you know, has uh, ties, you know, friends and family that are on both sides of the fence. And, yep. and you know, it's always uh, fun, you know, to kind of have that rivalry going, which, you know, I definitely see the, the OSU side of the argument where you said, but, you know, I well, one thing to play devil's advocate, I would say, you know, it would be a good opportunity to have like a, good, um, strong, uh, out-of-conference schedule um, game to, you know, have that rivalry to play. And, you know, if, you know, when it helps bolster uh, playoff um, uh, resume and everything. So, but I hey, definitely see. I, I'm sure, I'm sure OU would really love to be able to beat OSU every year to uh, <laughs> give them a chance to make the college football playoff. I think they would love that. <laughs> I mean, I would not complain, but you know, I don't, I don't want to talk too much trash, uh, you know, especially given the y'all bragging rights this year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I understand where my place is in the Oklahoma sports world. I understand it very well. I've experienced it for a long time. <laughs> oh man all right thanks chad appreciate it man yep have a good one man you too all right we got brad the stage how's it going brad brad are you there yes sir how you doing andrew i'm great how are you good happy monday to you oh yeah thank you you too my question has to do with uh Kind of the the defense that the Thunder have shown recently, um, it seems to be uh, sliding a little bit along with the offense, as you point out, already under 100 points a game. Um, Are they best served to grab the best defensive team possible and then try to get those guys to shoot? Or how do you think Mark is looking at building this team up for the future? Yeah, that's a good question. I I. I mean, given how, what they've done in the draft, I think that they are looking for versatile players. I think that that's where they're headed. I mean, Josh Giddy is certainly not a defensive stalwart, but he's incredibly versatile. Great passer, great basketball mind. JRE, same thing. I think they've been shooting for that more than they have anything else. Uh, and they've also kind of been taking swings. So my guess is or my hope would be that they would try to find some guys that can really shoot it. And because they built a team that has a lot of offensive versatility, but like no knockdown shooters, right? Dort was, they kind of lucked into Dort. Honestly, he was undrafted. They brought him in. They thought, you know, he could be something. Maybe great. We'll give him a call, get his agent, get him in here. 
he's on a two way, whatever, you know, that's kind of how you have to feel about all the two ways. It's like, yeah, we, we like him. Let's just, let's see if he can produce. And so now he's a starter. Shea's a starter. Giddy's a starter. And that's really what we know about this team now. And given that's the skill sets of all those guys, man, I just would much rather have a knockdown shooter on the wing or at the four. And then, getting somebody at the five that can defend because that's really what they lack is somebody that can defend the rim. And that invokes fear in the, in the minds of an offensive player. And they don't really have that outside of Lou. They don't really have anybody to tie Lou to, you know, we had the, the tandem of Andre Robertson and Steven Adams or Andre Robertson and Serge Baca. You know, they had that for years, Tabo and Serge. I mean, they had that tandem there, which I think is something that, Helps when you already have Lou, great. You just need one other guy. So I think tying him to eventually maybe JRE could be that. He's really not that today. He's got to get stronger. He's got to get better with his timing, and he just needs more reps, honestly. But I would I would rather them find like knockdown shooting around these type of players because they're not. I mean, Russ and KD were different because it was go get us a bucket. Like those guys go get you a bucket. Now Shea can do that. Great. Uh, Giddy's going to be more of a guy that's going to drive and and spray the ball out, you know, and we need somebody for the defense to care about. So yeah, I would, I would hope that they would target some shooting uh, in the, in the next draft. If they get the top pick, they're going to draft a big, and then maybe with one of their other picks, you target some sort of shooting or you target shooting in some sort of trade. But that would be that would be my hope, because I think that they can coach this team up to play good defense. Some of it is, I mean, everybody, if you watch the game against the Grizzlies, if you did not, I do not begrudge you at all. But a lot of that was they weren't they were not ready to play. You know, second half of a back-to-back, and missing a bunch of guys, but man, they were not ready to play. And on most nights, they bring it. You know, you have a throw a guy like Kenrich in there; he helps you bring it. But man, that was uh, that was an embarrassment, an abomination. So we'll see how they bounce back tonight in Detroit. But I think you can coach teams up, and we're seeing it right now with Billy Donovan in Chicago. Like they've got a few good defenders, but. Man, right now you look at where Chicago is in the rankings, they're seventh. They do not have the seventh-ranked personnel. I think you can coach players into playing defense and coach teams into playing good enough defense. But shooting, to me, is way, way more important. So that's where I lie with that. Thank you so much, Brad. Barrett L. onto the stage. Hey, how's it going today? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I just had a couple of quick questions for you, Andrew. Sure. Um, given uh, already his uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to Ryan Schwartzman, also in the room, one of my good friends. Anyway, <laughs> um, um, given that we have not used him to the capabilities that we've used vets like George Hill and Al Horford last year. 
what do you possibly see us doing with Derek Favors for the rest of his contract? Do you think it just uh, fizzles out and we eventually just uh, wave him like we did Kimba? Or do you think we find a desperate team at the midseason trade deadline? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, Favors hasn't played well enough for another team to look across the bow and say, wow, we need that guy to help us get where we need to go. You know, if the Thunder were going to trade him, I can't imagine they get an asset back. I'd actually think that they might have to give an asset for another team to take him. So my guess is that he may just stay with the team and he may have to play out his contract with the Thunder. Uh, if they get into a uh, a roster crunch where it's like we just don't have enough roster spots and we've drafted three guys and we need to bring all these other guys in or we've made a two-for-one trade or whatever it is, I mean, the, their cap sheet is, is secure enough to where you could just cut him and let him go somewhere else. So, if I mean, honestly, if after the trade deadline, if Derek is like, hey, I will give you back $5 million of the remaining whatever 12 that's owed to me, I think they would be like, yep. <laughs> See you later, Derek. I think that, I think they would absolutely do that. Uh, but he hasn't played well enough to, you know, be a guy that can get you an asset, even a second rounder. I mean, what? There's probably a lot of players that are worth a second rounder out there that you know teams that actually trade. Like would Detroit trade Kelly Olynyk for a good second rounder? Like they might, they might do that. And he's a much much better player, like way more modern. Um, so for now, I think they're going to keep him. He's going to keep looking like giant Dort, and we're just going to celebrate <laughs> that until he's gone. So you're still right. Um, my uh, my other question: Is it out of the realm of possibility that just looking at all the other rookies in the Western Conference? I know Josh Giddy won the first Western Conference Rookie of the Year for October November, but looking at all mm-hmm. the other rookies. Could he possibly win every month? Because he's going against uh, injured Jalen Green, uh, Sangoon, Davion yeah. Mitchell, Primo Highland, Zaire Williams, Trey Murphy, Herbert Jones, Keon Johnson, Kaminga, and Moses Moody. I just think that <laughs> he could just win it every month. Yeah. Yeah, he, he absolutely could. It is really interesting to look at the – the East versus West and where these players went, you know, Jalen green will win some of those that will happen. He'll have months where he goes off and he's averaging 21 points, you know, per game in the month of February or whatever it is like that, that will happen. But yeah, yeah other than that, like who's it, it's just, the question is who's getting enough minutes to get exactly. there. Davion is, but he's, but he's not going to be putting up crazy numbers. And then that's it. I mean, that is it. There's nobody else. Like, the Clippers guys are in the G League. Uh, the other Rockets guys aren't contributing. Shangun may win one. That's certainly possible, but Steven Silas, like, visibly hates playing him. Uh, so that's a problem. And then everybody else, I mean, like, who, like who else is going to have the chance to, like, you know, I love Jared Butler. I think Jared Butler, if he was given a shot, he could. But he's on a really good jazz team and won't get a chance to do it. So, yeah. No, I think that he'll win a few more. I think that that's, that's probably right. I think there will be 
a month where Jalen Green perks back up and you know mm-hmm. scores. But yeah, no, I think that that's a that's a, a really good observation. Awesome, thanks, a lot, uh, Andrew. Yep, thank you, Barrett. Uh, next, we have Matthew M. Again, if you would like to, and if you have a topic you'd like to discuss, could be about whatever you'd like. Be sure to pop in here on the app. All right, we got Matthew M. here. How's it going, Matthew? Pretty good. How's it going? It's going great. Good. I was. Uh, I know. He's been banned from the pod, so I won't say his name, but... Yeah, don't you uh, dare. Yeah, of course not. But I was looking at the minutes from the last game, the the game that I hope we never, ever remember after maybe <laughs> another week just to <laughs> learn from it. But looking at Poku's minutes off the bench, and he's got yeah. 19 minutes, um, four more shots than this player, um, a better plus-minus, whatever that says about that game. But is there any chance that you could kind of poke and prod Mark to maybe test out some different lineups? I think Dort could help with kind of the defensive liability that Poku might have in the starting lineup at the power forward position. And at this point, I mean, with us sliding in the standings, I think testing out Poku as a starter serves better than kind of holding to various uh, daisley as far as uh, – <laughs> <laughs> minutes. I just, I just don't see the benefit of of sticking to this starting lineup when we have so many players to kind of rotate in and out and see what we have with them. And Poku's been consistently Poku off the bench, and I think that he could bring a lot to the starting lineup. Plus, I really, really want to see Giddy and him on the starting lineup. As far as they love to to pass uh, pass in a risky way, and I just would love to see them on the court together more often. I agree. I think it's time to try something different. I think we can all be fairly confident that it's not going to be something that's going to change a whole lot about their season. Uh, I do think that the main reason that they have not done this yet is because they are not confident in Darius's ability to defend bigger guys like if he got matched up with Isaiah Stewart tonight like that wouldn't look too good uh, they play the Lakers later this week I mean Baisley's I want to I, I just said his name number seven's primary assignment would be Anthony Davis so Poku Anthony Davis uh, also not something that we would really want to be want to be doing however I just would like to see Poku with the starting lineup at least a little bit, just to see what it looks like and just get, just get weird, just get wacky a little bit because I, you look at the the lineups that have been most plays according to cleaning the glass. It's the Shea, Dort, Giddy, Baisley, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, 350 possessions. The second one is with favors in for JRE with 182 possessions and everything else is like, 61 possessions or less. So what that tells me is like they're just trying, they have a starting lineup, cool, and then they're just trying stuff. I mean, the combinations are vast with this squad. Uh, And I mean, honestly, why would you not at least give it a look to see see what you have there? I mean, they've even played J-Rob as a, 
four more than they have tried Poku with the starting lineup. So I, I agree. I'd like to see the Poku Josh Giddy combo a little bit more. I'm trying to look. I think that the most possessions that Poku and Giddy have played together is 23 possessions with the lineup of Ty Jerome, Josh Giddy, Kenrich Williams, Poku, Muscala has played 23 minutes. It's a plus 46.8 in extremely limited minutes. It means nothing, but they happen to have some success there. And then I think that's it. I think that's the most that they've played together. So I think that's a good way too to kind of split up Giddy and, and Shay. I mean, I think it was, maybe it was Jay on Friday was making the point that, you know, Giddy's looked better without Shay and vice versa. Yeah. I, I think there's an opportunity there to split up the ball handling duties and, and let Giddy run the offense with, a lot more of the bench, but mm-hmm. I just want to see Poku and Giddy. I mean, that's pretty much it. And I mean, I don't yeah. have anything against he who must not be named. I just think based on the way the minutes are going and Poku, I don't think he's even been sent down to the blue yet this year. They're, they obviously have some confidence in him mm-hmm. being a part of the thunder mm-hmm. um, and the potential for what he could be if they scheme around him defensively by using Dort a bit more. And like you said, J Rob moving him to the four, I have to just think, why not? I mean, what do we have to lose at this point? There's not much to lose. Just games, just more games. And that's I mean, that's a, that's a part of the plan. So I, I also just wonder if it would help number seven if he was coming off the bench and playing against backups. And if he's still trying to like take guys off the dribble and do that kind of stuff, I mean, he'll have better success coming off the bench in an offensive role. And then... I don't know if it would motivate him or completely take him out mentally of what he's doing. It seems like he was mentally out of it anyways on Thursday. But if he's able to maybe reset, I I don't know. At this point, I would just try to, I would just try to see if you can resurrect something about his season because it's been up and down, mostly down though. So, uh, thank you so much for the question, Matthew. Spencer Spencer S. is next. Yeah. Hey, Andrew. Can you I hear can me? hear you. What's up? Colin, all the way from the Czech Republic. Um, no kidding. I am new to being a Thunder fan. Um, actually, I was doing a multi-year process of choosing an NBA team, and wow. the Thunder won me over, and... Uh, it's been pretty fun to follow them the last couple of years. And I had a, uh, a couple future-related questions with the sure. Thunder. So I was looking at Real GM the other day. Mm-hmm. And even though we have this war chest of draft picks, it doesn't feel like they get very good until the year 2024. Sure. Like even this year, even 2023, they're pretty heavily protected picks. 2024 is when they get... Um, a lot less protected. And so my first question to you is, what do you think the chances are that we actually use any of those 2024 picks ourselves? Or do we, are we more likely to trade them? And the other question that goes along with that is, do you think this year is the last year that the Thunder are actively bad? 
and going for the top few picks in the draft, do you think that next year things start to turn around and look a little bit better and we're mostly relying on the number of picks we have? Or do you think that things are still going to be pretty bleak for another year or two going forward? So I'll answer the first question first. I would say I don't think this is going to be the last year they're going to be actively bad. I think that they that it should be we should all be rooting for one more year. One, because the 2023 draft is supposed to be very good. Like lots of, I mean, the word you're already hearing about 23 is like franchise changing player. So if they could get a, a top five pick in that draft and a top five pick in this upcoming draft, then I think you have Shea, Dort, Giddy, the 22 and the 23 guy. And then I think that that, hopefully you hit on either the 22 or the 23 guy and if you do that, then I think you're more ready to go. Uh, I don't know. I mean, who, who knows? If they draft at the top of this draft, I mean, we we think we know these guys are going to be good. We just don't really know. And so it's it's likely that they swing and miss at least on one of these guys at the top. I mean, you look at Philly and what they went through for years and years and years, and they swung and mm-hmm. missed on a couple guys. Uh, hopefully they don't. I mean, you don't. It would it's it's a major setback if you if you miss. But my guess is that it will be a couple more. And then also, I think you look at the CBA expires in the summer of 2023. They will have new rules in place. They will be looking at ways to to change things to make more money to help them with TV deals. I mean, there's going to be so many things that we just don't know by then. And I think if you're a Thunder fan, you're going to want to. You want your team to wait until you know exactly what the rules are, and then you press go. Because the Thunder have – I mean, the league has has not been great to the Thunder through the years. And one of the ways was that they've changed things in the CBA and just instantly added cash onto the Thunder's books just out of nowhere for Durant's deal. And they weren't informed about it. It just happened. And it hurt their flexibility. And so I think that if you are somebody who's wanting the Thunder to compete at a high level, I think you want to wait until you know what's going to happen with the CBA. And also the 23 draft is supposed to be great. So with that said, if they get a a blue chip franchise type of player in 22 or 23, then I think that it, and you feel like, wow, these guys fit really well. We've got the Shea, Giddy, fill in the blank, Wimbanyana, whoever it is. Wow, look at this. We are ready to go, but we need a shooter. We need a you know backup big man. We need this. Then you ha- then you can look at the picks like you like you said and say, okay, we can either hold on and draft somebody at you know sixteen or whatever it is you know, wherever they'll be in the 24 draft. Or let's start to use these as assets ourselves and trade two future firsts to get a a wing shooter. Let's trade a future first for a good backup big. Let's, you know, I think that that's when those options really open up. And And that's why you have all of them. And I think you still have to be really careful with that. I think you have to get the exact right kind of guys, but, I mean, you look at Philly, like Philly's situation was probably worst case scenario with the way that it all went went down. And they still came away with two great players. The Ben Simmons situation obviously has not been great for them, 
But they still came in with two great players, and they still had a boatload of assets. They acquired Tobias Harris. They acquired Jimmy Butler with all with everything they did, and that was like the peak of the team that they had. Now the Thunder are going to have an opportunity to add similar types of players to their roster when it's time for them to go too. And can they trade for a Tobias Harris level of player to add to their core? Absolutely they could. They'll have all the assets to do that. That's a part of the plan is to get the studs in place and then add to it with like good to like middle talent in the league so that you have a strong roster one through 12. So that would be my guess as to where they're going now. If let's say they miss on the 22 draft, they draft a guy who's going to be good, but it's not ready in 23. Perhaps they push it another year, you know, and just say, we're just going to use the, use the picks and the draft in 24 because we haven't hit yet. So that's a possibility as well. Mm -hmm. Do you think if they, so say they do similarly, similarly well to the way that they did in this last draft and just draft Mm -hmm. solid players who are going to take some time to develop. Do you think that they would need to actively try to be bad next year? Or do you think that just with so many young guys who are developing that they would just kind of naturally be bad and they wouldn't even have to put any extra effort into being bad and having a bad record? Yeah. I mean, I think that if you don't have, like Mike Muscala minutes available because you have another big you want to develop. I think, I mean, if if most of your guys are like third year and less with regards to experience, you're just, you're going to lose games. And if you treat injuries like the Thunder have treated them so far, where it's like, okay, we're going to be very cautious. You're not going to come back to your 100%. We're not worried about the wins. We're worried about the development. I think if you maintain that mindset, you probably end up in like the five to eight range in the draft order. I don't think you can continue to be like one of the three worst teams in the league after next season, because I do think, I do think there's a strong possibility that, that Josh and JRE and Trey Mann, at least maybe one or two of those guys makes a leap between year one and year two and puts in the work, understands what it takes to get to the next level. And they go to another level. Now, there's also the possibility that one of those guys is our tail Maladone of, you know, this year where it's, I mean, you project like, like solid play to like better play for Teo in this next year. And it went from solid play in year one to maybe the worst player in the NBA this year. Uh, it's hard to see that with those three, but I think it was hard to see with Teo as well. So it's really hard to predict what a young what a young person in general is going to do with their life. (laughs) Um, But I do think that it's hard to project these guys in, in that way. So Mike, but the rule of thumb in the NBA is if you're young, you lose, you know, unless you are exceptional, like you have to be exceptional to be young and to win. That first Thunder team was exceptional. Like they, they weren't ready to, to do all that they did you know, based on their age, they just did it because they were exceptional. And so can they get another exceptional group here? It's possible if they draft an exceptional player in 22 and 23, then yeah, without a doubt, they could, they could push. But my guess is that it's still going to, it's going to be a slower process. I think the first go around with the thunder when they drafted 
KD, Westbrook, Harden. I still think that they thought that they were two or three years away from what they did going to the NBA Finals. I think that it, part part of it was like part of it was that it, it got too good too fast, and so they had to make decisions faster than they probably wanted to, and I think mistakes were made because of that. Yeah, I appreciate the answer, Andrew. One one last quick question. Sure. Um, I've I've heard his name being mentioned in scouting circles a lot more in the last two weeks, and I wonder if this is maybe too quick of a take or what you feel about this. Do you think there's any chance that Jabari Smith, as of now, is the number one player on the Thunder's hypothetical draft board right now, just because of the way his shooting at the four position would be such a natural fit on the roster? Or do you think that they would go purely BPA regardless of any potential fit and how the shooting would work on the roster? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I think I think Paolo is a nice fit with the Thunder. Uh, but I think like you described, Jabari is, seems like he'd really fit in with this group and the shooting stuff would really be helpful to them. And the fact that he is only 18 is is great. I mean, he is a year younger than Chet, and like I, half a year, maybe like seven months uh, younger than Paolo. So that helps his cause too, because I think the Thunder would like to develop slowly. I think the younger you are, the slower it's going to go for you. I think that that helps his cause. Um, I. The more I think about it, the more I just feel like Chet would be the guy for OKC. I don't have any information regarding that, but the the versatility, the strangeness to his game, the not really knowing exactly what position he is. I think he's a big in, in the NBA, but I don't know exactly what they would expect him to do. You know, the Thunder have a really wacky roster as is. I think that they would like to add to the wackiness of it and to try to do something <laughs> really different. Um but I, I honestly have zero information and will have zero information all the way up to the day of the draft with regards to what they want to do because <laughs> that's just the way they operate. Yeah, it uh, feels like they keep it pretty close to the vest. And wasn't it do. wasn't it J. Kyle Mann who just put out one of those uh, feature videos about how wacky the Thunder are? I feel like yes. the media would, would have a field day if we drafted Chet and just had a roster full of these long, lanky, semi-positionless players with interesting rotational fits. Oh my gosh! I I personally would love to see it, and I think yeah, Jake. I mean, Jake Cummins so awesome. He's does such such a good job with those videos and everything he does. Um, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's very entertaining. It's on the Ringers deal, and I know I'm work for the Athletic, but like <laughs> I recognize greatness when I see it, and so you got to go check that out. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by. Lots of players in this draft. And, you know, I think the two that everyone wants to talk about, Paulo and Chet, great. Like, if the Thunder could get a hold of one of those guys, great. I think Jabari Smith is not a bad consolation prize. Jalen Duran is very interesting to me. Jaden Ivey is very interesting. Patrick Baldwin Jr. is very interesting. I think there's a lot of guys that would fit here. And a, and a lot of the reason that they would fit here is because of the the wackiness and versatility that the Thunder have with the roster. There's not, there's nothing rigid about the Thunder roster right now, which I think is the perfect situation to be in when you're moving through these drafts and hoping to get somebody great. 
So. Awesome. Andrew, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you, Spencer. Have a good one. You too. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right, do a couple more questions. We got Chad S. Uh, let's see. What's up, Chad? Hey, Andrew. Uh, Spencer's question um, pertaining to the draft kind of uh, made me think of one. You mentioned that um, no possibility of knowledge of the pick beforehand. Mm-hmm. Now that now that Royce is working for the Thunder, is there any possibility <laughs> he may be the the inside scoop. Ooh, <laughs> do we have a little mole that's within the thunder now? Um, or is he still just getting uh, coffee for, for Sam? I mean, Royce, I mean, if I'm the, I don't really, honestly, I don't really know what he's doing on a day-to-day basis with the thunder, but if I'm the thunder, I'm, I'm including Royce in a lot of things. Um, just because I think that he's like a very smart, reasonable guy who has been around the league for a long time. I think he understands a lot of things about the league. So, I I mean, I would want to know what he thinks about a lot of these guys, too. Yeah. Uh, it's I've always found it really – well, I mean, since uh, it was released that he was joining them, like, I figured it's mostly, you know, just, you know, uh, media kind of in that realm. But, I, you know, like you said, Royce is a fantastic fountain of knowledge in regards to basketball and – yeah. Um, and, you know, it'd be interesting to see if, like, he, if he does kind of delve into the front office aspect and, you know, or talent evaluation and things like that if, as far as the basketball operations is concerned. So, hey, if I nail these next, you know, these next three draft picks in 2022, you'll know that there's a leak. We'll say that. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Hey, have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Chad. Uh, all right. If you would like to ask a question. This is your last chance. This is it. So if you want to ask a question, be sure to ask on stage and then we'll get you in here. Also, this is going to go up as a podcast as well for down to dunk. So this is your chance to be on the pod. All right, Jesse. What's up, Jesse? Jesse, you good? Uh oh. I think this is my guy, Jesse Smith. Are you there? Are you there? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. What's up, man? Sorry about that. It's okay. (laughs) Hey, uh, yeah, I want to just kind of talk about, well, part of my favorite thing with being a fan of sports and a sports team is the ability to have a feeling of superiority 
over other teams. <laughs> and this last week has been a little bit rough with that, even against uh, other bad teams. You know, we used to usually say, you know, whatever. We've had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. We've had all the success. And now I feel like some of our ammo has been taken away. When other bad teams say you guys lost by 70-something points, is there – what? Can you give me some things to kind of build myself back up to, to have that feeling again? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, th- the thing is that you have to just – up is down right now with regards to superiority. And winning, winning is losing, and losing is winning. So if, you know, whoever, Detroit or Houston, like if Houston fans are gloating, like – let them gloat because they've got two drafts to get this right before things start to drop off for them with regards to assets. And the Thunder are going to get their picks. And with the way that things are going, like that's cool that they're they're winning these six games or whatever. That's it's cool. It's better for us. It's way better for us that they win these games because if if they're just okay they're going to get a the eighth pick in a four-player draft. Sweet. That's perfect. Because if they get the eighth pick in a four-player draft, then they're not going to get any better. And they may try to sign free agents or whatever. If they do, sweet. That's great. Because they're going to be in the middle. And if they're in the middle, that means we get their stuff. We get their picks. If they're horrific, there's a chance we don't get their get their picks in the future. But if they draft like six or eight or nine or whatever it is in the coming years, they don't have their draft picks. They gave it all to the Thunder in the Russell Westbrook trade. So to me, you can keep your superiority by understanding that your team has a a sincere plan as to what they're doing. They have all their own picks moving forward. They have all the Clippers picks moving forward. They have all of the Rockets picks after these next two drafts. That's significant. And the superiority is uh, is buried right now. But I promise you, it's going to start rumbling up. If they get a top three pick in this draft, the superiority is going to start to rumble up. If they do the same thing in the next draft, it's going to get even crazier. And then once the Thunder have their guys, which I think they'll have their guys in the next two drafts, then they still have all of the Clippers and Houston Rockets stuff. They have all of their draft picks. So then I think that the superiority complex of the Thunder fan base will, might get out of control. So it's, it, I think it might be okay to limit yourself a little bit today because the, uh, the amount of superiority you're going to feel in the summer of 2023 might be unbearable. So it's okay to stay down for just a little bit. All right. All right. I I think I can breathe now again so I can start, you know, still feel better about myself than other fan bases. So I appreciate that, Andrew. Yeah, you got it. Anytime. Thanks, Jesse. Uh, Okay, we'll go a couple more. Let's go, Lawrence F. Lawrence, what's up? Hello, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Congratulations on your Cowboys being the Sooners. Oh, thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Um. Okay, how what in a horrible world? Uh, what do you think 
the leashes on Pres- Presti. Um, like, I guess, how long of a timeline do you think the ownership will give Presti? As long as he wants. I think he is he is he is he has the favor of the ownership group. I think that they've given him as long the leash as as he would like, honestly. And I think it's longer. I, I don't know that there really is a length that they would go to. I mean, he is. And we have to also think about Sam, not only in like the plan he has for the team, but how he runs the franchise overall. I mean, the, the draft stuff, the, the trades, the roster crunch, all that is just a, it's just a piece of what he does. Um, developing a culture is his job. Doing a lot of things out in the community is his job. Developing programs is his job. I mean, his job is giant. It is more than just um, drafting players and having a firm plan in place with regards to roster development. I mean, he is... He does so much for the team, for the community. Um, he's investing his own money into the community. Um, he has been a huge, huge asset, not only to the team, but to the city. And the ownership understands that. He's a a great, I think he's a great person overall. And so I think that because of that, I think that the ownership group would give him as much time as he needed to do what he thought was right. And eventually if they don't hit on these draft picks, they're going to start making trades to make this team good. They will, that will happen that you don't just go into eternity, hoping the draft will help you. Eventually you're going to have to use the, the draft picks to, to form a team around Shane Giddy or whatever you need to do to make it right. So to me, I would be more worried as a Thunder fan about when does the situation not feel good for Sam? And when does Sam look at something else? I mean, I honestly, I think it was a, a huge blessing to Thunder fans that there was really no search for a new front office member for the Boston Celtics. Because I do think that that might be a job that Sam would be tempted by because he's from Boston. and that's. I thought he was going to come up here, by the way. So... Yeah, 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 I think, and, and, you know, it's not going well in Boston right now. I don't know how long a leash Brad Stevens will have. I mean, maybe in four or five years, maybe the job comes open again, and Sam is like, great, I'll take it. So I would be more worried about that than I would be worried about the ownership, like, pulling the plug. Because they've the ownership group has been extremely stable. Um could things change in the next couple of years? Sure. As of today, this I think that that I think it's on very very firm ground. And then, what do you think the fan base will have? Like, if these next three four drafts don't go well, do you think the fan base will ask for something else? Yeah, I mean that's a good question. What does the fan base think? Uh, I mean, to be fair, like this last draft lottery went about as poorly as it could have gone. I think there was one other scenario that would have been worse, but it went very, very poorly. And still they wound up with what Sam Vecini said on my Saturday show for the athletic. It's like one of the six best guys in the draft. And that did not include Jalen Suggs. That did not include Jalen Green. You know, I think that with regards to upside, they got one of like the top three or four guys in the draft. So, some of it is that they're going to really do their homework 
and trying to get a guy at the top that fits and will work hard and that, you know, has a lot of talent. And I think that they found one of those guys, which is great with Josh. Um, I'd say, I mean, what, like Sam's track record of picking in the top six is very good. It's very good. One, he had, I mean, the Kevin Durant thing just dropped into his lap. Cool. I think that every GM would have done that. He doesn't get much credit for that one. Drafting Russell Westbrook at four, that was an absolutely great thing. And it was thought to be a reach on draft night. Drafting James Harden at three was not a guarantee. I think a lot of draft analyzers like Chad Ford and those guys at the time would have said that he should draft Rubio. Well, he drafted the exact right guy at three. Drafted the best guy in that draft class at three. Like, that's impressive. And then you get to the next time that he drafted in the top five, six, it's Josh. And I think that you can easily say today that, wow, like he hit. Like, that's another hit. So with regards to, like, top-tier talent, he just hasn't missed yet. So I, if he misses in two, these next two drafts, I'd be shocked if he misses in one of the next two. I wouldn't be too surprised just because eventually you're going to miss on somebody. Just the odds say you're going to miss. You know, there's not, the odds aren't great that you hit a franchise guy. But um, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think of like how long it would take for the fan base to be, you know, not okay with Sam? I mean, if they're anything like the Sooner or Cowboy fans, <laughs> you have the turnover that's, you have a couple year leash typically, and then you have to get back on and start doing excellence very fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that will be the heart, the patience part with regards to like, how have we observed sports all of our lives? It's been through the lens of college sports. How can like, we have to shift it. We have to change the focus a little bit because pro sports is just so different. And with regards to team building and everything that it involves. So if we can change our lens a little bit to understand that like patience today and for the next few years, patience is our best friend with regards to trying to build a future contender. And we want to be, if you want to be great again, then you need to have more patience. If you're comfortable just trying to get into the playoffs and like, let's just compete. Like they go do it today. They have the assets to do it today. Um, I don't want that. I want to, I want to have deep playoff runs in Oklahoma city again. No, that was fun. Like that was, that was incredible. And I think if they get there again, I think that will, I'm, my hope is that the fan base, everybody appreciates it even more because it just felt like we just arrived there and it was like, Oh, like this is the NBA where you just go to the Western conference finals every year. Like that's not really the NBA. You know, what we're experiencing now and what we'll experience for the next, you know, three ish years is like that. This is the NBA. Like this is it. And if we, I feel like if the Thunder get back to a place where they're making deep playoff runs again, and they're a, a very good dominant team again, I think that perhaps like the appreciation for like the journey, um, might deepen a little bit. So, uh, thank you, Lawrence, for the question. Appreciate you guys all uh, tuning into this uh, on probably your lunch break at work. So, we'll be doing more of these. Thank you so much for listening to Down to Dunk today. 
Uh, be sure to go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the athletic for 30% off a yearly subscription. And we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.